Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Matt JF, as in Join Fellowship, um, sometimes known as Matt F on some meetings, but uh, the meeting where I serve most often is Matt JF. Um, before I dive in, um, I just want to pause a moment and say a little prayer. So, God, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be of service tonight by sharing my experience, strength, and hope. I pray that you keep me grounded in my experience, strength, and hope, that you keep me from straying into telling other people's stories or likes of fancy that don't relate to this program. And that you will guide my words to be as truthful as I can make them, and that they will be of service to at least one person who hears from them. Amen. Um, so uh, I'm going to qualify real fast. Uh, I am, again, I'm Matt JF. I am 52 years old, as of a few weeks ago. I'm five foot eight. Uh, my top, I've been, I, I believe that I was born a compulsive overeater. I believe that I have an illness that I was born with of compulsive overeating. Um, I've been overweight my whole life, uh, which is like the gentle term for it. I've been fat my whole I've been obese, grossly, morbidly obese. I mentioned that I'm five foot eight. My top weight was 380 pounds, uh, which is obviously too much for that height uh, because I do not play in the NFL. Uh, that was back in 2003. At that point, I had gastric bypass surgery, uh, the fulmagillotine, you know, rerouting the small intestine, all that stuff, um, and uh, maintained about 110-ish pound weight loss. Uh, so, you know, hovered between 250 and 270 for the next uh, 16 years um, until I unexpectedly came into this program in. Uh, 2019, February of 2019, so coming up on uh, four years ago. Um, I won't say much about what it was like other than to say that uh, I spent a lot of time uh, really unhappy with how fat I was, with how uncomfortable I felt in my own skin, with the fact that, like, it didn't, like, it just, this seemed like this just seemed like a problem I should be able to solve. I'm a smart guy, good at solving problems. I'm I'm good at math, uh, and this just seemed like calories in, calories out. Like what's so hard? And yet, I ate my way all the way up to 380 pounds. And and I believe that what's true for me is that in addition to the physical allergy and the mental twist, so once I start, I cannot stop eating some food. And also, I cannot stop from starting. I believe that I also have an emotional intolerance. So I, I was born with or failed to develop an adequate capacity to sit in emotional discomfort. And so whenever I would become emotionally uncomfortable, I would eat until I was so full that the feeling of physical discomfort that came from overeating just like was the only thing that I could focus on. Um, so my so like life 
relative, I didn't know this at the time, but life, relatively speaking to now, was really not very fun for me. Uh, but I thought it was fine. I thought I was doing great. I thought everything was fine, great. I thought I was, you know, the good guy at work, the good guy in my marriage, which ended in divorce in 2016, uh, the good guy in my co-parenting, uh, you know, good guy. And uh, and I and I had heard so I try so I'm in two different places right now. I'm studying the chapter how it works. Um, and and that chapter, uh, yeah, the, the big book is loaded with chapters that have you know unbelievable. The first 164 pages are it just filled with incredibly powerful, punchy, um, evocative words and phrases and sentences and paragraphs. And um, I think of all of the chapters, the chapter, how it works is like, you can't, you can't, you can't swing a metaphorical dead cat without hitting like a word, a phrase, a sentence, even a paragraph that is now like a saying in our program. Um, and the one that, that really stood out for me this time uh, through, this is my third or fourth time through the big book, um, is the phrase countless vein attempts. So along the way, I wouldn't say I tried everything. Uh, I did not try injections of urine or whatever some people have tried, but I, I tried a lot of things. Pain ways, more prosaic diets of various kinds, uh, you know, self-control, meditation, self-discipline, therapy, 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 uh, drugs, uh, not, well, these were kind that were prescribed by a doctor for weight loss, but, but also antidepressants. Um, and nothing worked for the long run. I mean, things would work until they didn't. Um, because at some point, my, uh, my own self-will, my own power, would simply prove either insufficient or insufficiently reliable to enable me to keep doing the thing that was giving me the body that I thought I wanted, and the wheels would just come off. So um, the only thing that worked with any degree of you know, stick-to-itiveness was the surgery. It's a pretty big price to pay, um, and it was covered by insurance. So I'm not talking about the money. I'm talking about the, the physical implications of that surgery. I'm not sad I had it, um, but it was a big decision then, and it, it had ramifications for the rest of my life. So that's um, that's that's kind of what it was like. Um, along the way, by the way, I had heard of Overeaters Anonymous. By the time I came to this program in 2019, I had um, I was dating someone who had long-term sobriety in the beverage program. Um, I had formed a group of friends through that person um, who uh, who were all, who also had long-term recovery in that program and, and emotional sobriety. And I had learned for a lay, for, for a normie, a civilian, I had learned a lot about 12-step programs and about how 12-step programs work for uh, the disease of alcoholism, for the physical allergy and the mental twist. Um, and I had heard of Overeaters Anonymous. I knew what it was. And I thought it was crazy. I thought it was crazy talk. 
Um, I, I mean, like, beyond that, like, I just, I held it in disdain. I described it as BS out loud to that, uh, that uh, person I was in a relationship with. And when she asked me why, I said, because basically what I said was, because I'm not one of those people. I'm not, like, I'm not anorexic. I'm not bulimic. I don't weigh 900 pounds, and I'm never going to. I fit perfectly well from doorways. I can climb a flight of stairs. And uh, I'm not going to binge eat until, like, I burst something inside my body. That's just not me. It's for those people. Said the guy who had radical abdominal surgery just in an effort to try and lose some weight and keep it off. Um, so I, I just, I, I didn't, I had said to her, I wish there was a 12-step program for people like me. I knew about OA. I just didn't think it was for me. I didn't think it was for people like me. I didn't think I qualified. Um, I also, at that point in my life, uh, was a devout agnostic. I, I grew up with no, I, I went to Jewish nursery school, and after that, nothing. No religious background, no religious training, uh, no, no religion. No faith. I had a vague belief in like a creative organizing principle intelligence thing out there in the universe. But like I was, and I was like not really sure about that. I was much more sure that if that thing did exist, that it had absolutely not the first little thing to do with me. It didn't know my name. It was not a personal, it was just a, it was just a thing, an abstract thing that was out there. Because that made sense to me for some reason. Um, so that's that's how I that's what I brought to this program: disdain, a belief in twelve-step recovery, disdain for this program for me, and a vague notion of a completely non-personal and and not able to be personal, you know, something out in the universe. What changed everything for me was when. Um, for reasons that had, I swear, nothing to do with losing weight. I, I was interested in learning more about the 12 steps of AA. I had been, it had been suggested to me that I should look for a big book step study on YouTube. I went to YouTube and searched for that. And YouTube, which is owned by Google, which I, I use a lot and have for many, many years, before it was called Google, um, knows everything about me. So Google very helpfully supplied a link at the top of the list. When I typed big book step study, you'll notice no mention of OA, compulsive overeating, overeating anonymous, nothing. The very first search result link, not an ad, but the one that Google thought would be most helpful to Matt, to Matt was a link to an, an Overeaters Anonymous big book step study. So um, honestly, like out of spite and to sort of like prove a point, I decided I would go ahead and listen to that one. I was sure I would turn it off before too long because I would just think it was so ridiculous. Um, and then I would go to the second link on the list, which is like Joe and Charlie. Um, so uh, Joe, for those who are new, Joe and Charlie, very famous, uh, big book step study leaders for decades and decades and decades, both deceased now, um, but probably the most famous kind of big book step study leaders in AA. Um, so I listened to this big book step study. Uh, it's very, it's wonderful. It's by a man named Laurie C. L. A. W. R. I. E. Last initial C. If you go to, this is not a for-profit website. It links to OA.org, but it also links to um, what I watched and to a big book step study guide that I think is pretty helpful. Uh, OABigbook.info, um, which was put up by Laurie C. Um, 
the uh, yeah he 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 was qualifying, and I was listening, and I'm driving a car, and it was a rental car, and uh, by the way this thing is like nine hours long, right? So I was I I had started a 17 hour drive that I planned to be on, and that's when I was like oh perfect time, so um, he's he's qualifying, he's telling story, he's telling compulsive overeating story. And I was not identifying with him. In fact, I was nauseated by what he was saying. I, I did not get it. I, like he told a story that I found so gross that I really thought that I was just gonna puke in the rental car. And I thought, I remember thinking, I'm gonna need to turn this off because I don't wanna pay to have this rental car clean. And then he said, for me, there are some foods that once I start, I can't stop and I can't stop from starting. And I was done. Because it's like that was the moment when, for me, Overeaters Anonymous went from a BS program for those people to, oh, crap. Because suddenly it was like, for me to deny that there were some foods that once I started, I couldn't stop, and I couldn't stop from starting, would be like for me to, to like be staring you in the face and say, have you ever noticed? I have blue eyes. I do not have blue eyes. I have brown eyes. I've had brown eyes my entire life. So if I looked you in the face and said, I've got blue eyes, you would think I'm either lying or crazy. There was so much evidence to support the idea that for me, there were some foods that once I started, I couldn't stop and I couldn't stop from starting, that it would have been just as crazy for me to say that did not distract me. So as they say in the rooms, I misunderstood the assignment. I had been engaging in contempt prior to investigation. And that's when I was just done. Um, and that's what I, 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 I felt like, see like the cartoons where like there's a character there standing there, they're doing fine, and suddenly a trap door opens beneath their feet and they just sort of whoop, vanish down this hole. There's like a little cloud of dust behind them. That was me. And that started a pretty wild like journey from agnosticism to very deep faith and spirituality, from disdain to like a, 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 a bewildered awe at what my life has become because I just cracked, I just followed the instructions. And, uh, and continued amazement at, at like how different my life is and how different I am in my life than I was before I came to this program. And none of that is to my credit. Like, I mean, did I follow the instructions as written in the big book? Yeah, yeah, I did. Was it hard? Sometimes it was. But in the grand scheme of things, like, I've done way harder stuff. And I didn't do it on my own power. I got abstinent and stayed abstinent because I just took it on faith that I just didn't worry about the God thing. Like the, the steps talk about God a lot. The big book talks about God a lot. I'm now, I'm, I'm saying what I'm about to say now for people who might be new. Five who minutes. Might be, Five minutes, Thank please. you. Thank you. Who might be um, hung up on the God thing or worried about their conscious contact with their higher power and they don't know what it is. They don't know. They have a, they have a God of their upbringing that they find it hard to reconcile with a higher power of recovery. And I, all I can tell you is, is what was true for me, which was I just didn't, I just didn't worry about it. I trusted that when it was time for me to have a, a, a different understanding of what that was, that if it was 
I'm hearing some noise on the line. If that could be muted, please. Um, that that if it was important for me to have a different understanding of quote God than I did when I came in, that I would. And that if what the understanding that I had was not going to work for recovering, then I wasn't going to recover, and that was just the way it was going to be. And and the former is what happened. Um, the the thing that so so, so I'm going to. But the other thing I noticed about how it works this time through, the chapter how it works, is how dramatic it is. It makes the stakes so high. Incomprehensible demoralization, countless vain attempts. It talks about death and dying and ruin and destruction and weakness and failure and relapse and relapse and relapse. And it's, it's, it's powerful and it's incredible. But the truth is that my own recovery just wasn't that dramatic. Because the way I came in was like, I just had to drop some beliefs and things that were not consistent with recovery. Belief number one, I'm not one of those. Clearly, I am one of those people. Number two, the program was BS. Well, clearly, it's not. Number three, there was a there was a like my there was a higher power that didn't know, have anything to do with me. I no longer believe that at all. But I didn't have to come to believe in anything except what it says in the steps. So step one is just um, admitting I was powerless over food. That my life had become unmanageable. The first part, yeah, I yeah, couldn't stop once I started. Couldn't stop from starting. The second part, what does unmanageable mean? Well, if step two is, you know, restore us to sanity, then I just assume unmanageable is insanity, is doing the thing that makes me miserable and expecting it to make me happy. So step one was like, I just, like, step one was just like, I had to stop denying a truth that was simply undeniable. I, I am a compulsive overeater. And it was such a relief when I admitted it. It was like, oh, I, oh. This isn't my fault. It's not my responsibility. I'm never going to succeed. What a I can just stop trying to use my self-will. That was such a relief. Step two, came to believe in a power greater than ourselves to restore us to sanity. That's actually my favorite word, greater, a greater power. Because if step one is true, that I am powerless over my disease and, my, and the substances, then like, I think there's only two possibilities. Either there is a source of power that is not me that will enable me to get abstinent and recover, or there's not. What it is has nothing to do with that. So if it was like, well, I'll choose door number one. Do something and see what happens. I don't worry about what it was. I still don't worry about what it is. So step one, admitting something, you know, de stopping denying something undeniable. Step two, like just acknowledging the simple choice that was logical and seemed inevitable based on step one. And step three was just making a decision that I was going to trust in this process and whatever that power was going to be and move on to step four. That was it. So if you're new you're struggling, you're hung up on God, 
like all I can tell you is look at the steps. Just work the steps. It 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 it's in someone pointed out to me recently that, that the big book says choose your own conception. Not choose your own concept. Conception is the start of something. Whatever you can believe today, just go with that. It's good enough. If it feels really important to you that you have a deep connection to your higher power and you know what it is, and you, like, and, but you feel disconnected or something, like I hear that a lot from people. I, all I can tell you is like, maybe those things are true. But two questions. Number one, if there is a higher power, do Time. you think it doesn't? Up, thank you. Do you think it doesn't know you? And number two, what does that have to do with whether you work the steps or not? And just work the steps with your recovered sponsor and see what happens. So I hope that's been helpful to someone tonight. Um, I'm happy to uh, to take outreach calls. Uh, please do text first. Uh, is it okay to leave my number now? Sure. Okay. So my number is 310-873-8619. It is my cell phone. Please do text first. My my ringer is almost always off. Uh, And if you leave a voicemail, there's no guarantee I will get it. And uh, and I'll do my best to get back to you. And thank you very much for the opportunity to be of service tonight. With that, I will pass.